Good day, everyone. You have just tuned into another episode of Eat With Her, Don't Compete With Her, and it's your girl, Jazz. The radio is just a stereo like a house ain't a home. J Electronic. So you guys have tuned into another episode of Eat With Her, Don't Compete With Her. And if you haven't already, which I don't know what you're waiting for, please subscribe, you know, leave a review, leave a rating. And if you're a returning subscriber or a returning listener, why haven't you subscribed yet? Like, what, like, what are you waiting for? Like, how am I going to build a community without you? So share it with your friends, your friends, friends, your families, and your woes. Okay, so you guys, I have a special guest today, and her name is Angelica Smith, right? And people call her Jelly, and I'm souped about that nickname. I think that nicknames are important, and I'm really <laughs> happy to be, uh, you know, amongst the people that can call her Jelly. I'm really souped about that. But before I get any further, you guys, I want you to know who she is and a little bit more about her, what she does. So Jelly, what's up? Hey. How are you? Hey, I'm How doing? you doing? I'm all right. If I'm being honest, it's been a little tough uh, these last couple of days. Just, you know, the mind be doing what the mind be doing. So don't it though. Don't it I though. Be, I just been trying to just make it through. Just listen to what my body needs and give it to it and and do my best for the day and call that it. Call it a day. That's that's an entire word. I think that we could have an entire episode based upon that particular. We could. Within <laughs> itself. We okay. Could. So. Tell us a little bit about who you are. Like you're new to the show. Um, mm-hmm. and I wanted my audience to be crystal clear on who you are and at the very least um have some type of idea of who you are and what you do. And then yes. I'll tell them, I'll finish by telling them like why I have you on here. Okay. Sound that sounds good. Um, so yeah, like Jazz already said, my name's Angelica Smith. I go by Jails, Jelly. Any variation of that has been my whole life. Um, I'm pretty sure my mom was calling me jelly in the womb. So <laughs> that's that. Uh, I am from Chicago. I don't live there right now, but that's that's my home. And I'm a proud Chicagoan. So please don't try me. Um, <laughs> I work in higher education right now. So I'm a hall director at Butler University in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, and I'm going to be making my way out of here soon because (laughs) I, um, am, we're going to talk about this on the show, but I'm returning to a lot of things right now. And Mm -hmm. that my career is no exception to that. So, um, I'm applying to go back to school again. I already have a master's and I'm about to apply to get another one because I want to go back for, so I can become a licensed social worker and practice as a therapist. Um, so that's what I'm doing professionally. And then personally, I just be out here, man. Like I'm, I'm trying to make some moves here in Indy. The creative scene is booming and it's a really fertile ground for that. So it's a good place to be. Uh, what that look like for me, again, returning the shit that I do is like songwriting, um, which, you know, we'll talk about that too. And rapping and performing music. And then I'm trying to launch, or I'm going to, I'm about to launch this podcast. Uh (laughs) Um, It's called It's the Bars for Me. And it's going to be a a show where Black women come and analyze rap and hip hop projects from the 50 year Mm. history of rap and hip hop. So come on, um, I'm really geeked about that. The launch date is May 31st. And that's in like... A couple of days, so stress ain't even a word. But you know what? Like <laughs> when you put it, when you ask for God for it, you gotta be ready. So I'm ready. That's what's up. So 
when you say that you're ha- you have that podcast, you you're on a currently on a podcast as well, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And what is that podcast about? Yeah, so I'm I'm also a co-host on a, a show called The Black Ave, and we uh, it's a commentary show for sure. Like we uh-huh. we come on there and we talk about what we got going on in terms of what we listening to that week, or you know, um, current events that are happening in the world in Black America, but also just shit that's going on in the world. Um, and we just talk about it from a very uh, it's like a young millennial damn near getting a gen. What is it? Gen Z? That's who after us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Young millennial getting into Gen Z perspective of stuff that's going on. Um, and we just we want it to be a place where everybody who's black can just come. Like I imagine this avenue, right, where you know how you have a cookout or a picnic or something mm-hmm. like that. And everybody just out there being black. That's what the black mm-hmm. app is. Like and so Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it don't matter what you, it don't matter what you, what other identities you hold. It do matter because that's who you are. But those things are not going to keep you from being able to tune in or like be a part of the Black Ave, I should say. So right. we're working on just building an inclusive place where we can just shoot the shit and be black. That's really what all I want to do. I like life. that. <laughs> I like that. I like, and I like the concept, you know, behind it. Cause I feel like sometimes people be like, you know, I had started a thing and I had, I had did it and it was mm-hmm. like, Oh, okay. You know, like that explanation of it, like really, really brought it home for me. And I think that there's not enough inclusive places for, Mm -hmm. you know, people of color and black people in general. So just the idea of having that and thinking that through, that's, that's the type of stuff that we need on major networks. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, so you guys, I, um, I wanted to have uh, Angelica on for several reasons. Um, So quick history lesson on how I unofficially met her because I never I've never met Angelica in my life like so I just be sliding the DMs that's just <laughs> that clearly I'm that that girl right I didn't know when I became her but I became her but what happened was um Angelica was on uh Tiffany Legally Black's uh podcast they didn't tell you and I'm listening to her. now this is a series a women's history month series and it was dope um Tiffany did her thing with that if y'all haven't uh heard it already I need you to go and find that um, particular series. And I can't think of the name right now. Um, But during that series, uh, I listened to all of her her interviews on that series and Angelica was one of them. And I'm sitting here like, I'm not even sure what the topic was, but it was it. It should have been like some dope, dope blackness. Like that's what it should have been. Because like <laughs> I'm just hearing her, she just vibing. She, you, you could walk through the grocery store and you just sit here like, oh girl, yeah. Like you're at the table. You feel like you pulled up a seat, and that was mm. the type type of vibe that I got from her. And I was like, y'all, she's dope. Like yeah, first of all, she sounds she sounds fifty mixed with fifteen. Like the the vibe was like, I got a little bit like I'm culturally sound. I'm very relevant to where we are and what mm-hmm. we're doing in the world right now. So, and listening to that and then listening to some of the stuff that she's doing, I I, I related a lot. So we clicked. Like I hit her up in the DM and we were just like talking, talking. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like paragraphs. You, know, you hit, hit somebody <laughs> exactly. You hit somebody. I was like, hey, hi, hi. It was like it wasn't quick like that. Nothing about it. So. Just having that conversation with her and understanding her from a um, I, I I view her in a black cultural elite standpoint. Like she she could she can have those conversations like about mm-hmm. uh we can go from food to hair to music. Like she can go there, and that was very important for this particular episode because mm-hmm. this particular episode is called for the culture, Black Music Month. So we're in June. This is Black Music Month. So it's like yo, how 
we oftentimes trying to reach the Kanye to have him on the show. We reaching up, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't reach across enough. Mm-hmm. Like, let's reach across and let's see what kind of networks you have that you can tap into now, the here and now that's, that's actually attainable, relatable to your audience and the people and the, what the people want to hear. Um, and I do think that her show, the current show and the one that she's building that's launching, that will be launched by the time this episode hits, <laughs> um, is very relevant to our time. Like we got a lot going mm-hmm. on in the world. Um, so to have one an inclusive environment and then have, sometimes I felt, I oftentimes felt like your choices in black in music were prejudged by certain people. And some of those people look exactly like us. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So to have (laughs) a space to be able to discuss that and then to have females like you, I know this, this, this particular show is eat with her, don't compete with her. So we're oftentimes have females, you know, um, having these conversations about either competition or why we shouldn't compete. But to have that in the musical standpoint is, is amazing. So that was one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on. The reason why I wanted you guys to hear her voice, um, understand her wisdom, and uh, understand that she's like, you remind me of myself in the sense that you're going to learn. Like, oh, one yeah. thing, like, you're going <laughs> to learn. Like, you're not going to sit there and be like, yeah, that's cool. Like, you, you're you going to always eat because you're always hungry. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So. Just knowing that, I really wanted to um, have you on for this particular topic. So, well, thank you, Jess. As you're listening, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say thank you, and it's funny that you, when we started, you were talking about you can just be in the grocery store and buy. Because when I listened to Tiffany's episode with you, I was literally in the grocery store, and you said <laughs> something, and I was just like, "What?" And I just dropped all my limes that I had picked. <laughs> I was was like wait a minute did she just say that that shit was raw like what so yeah I is the feeling is definitely mutual (laughs) and that's what I felt like you know when it's Kendrick spirits you just go for it like the least that can happen and she can be like nah bro I don't know you right you know what I mean nah bro and then the reality of it is is we just missed an opportunity to to connect on with mutual respect you know what I mean so when I think about you know culture and it's funny because I was in Memphis um recently and mm-hmm. we I was having a conversation with someone who is originally from Chicago which is funny and mm-hmm. who lives in Indiana which is funny oh that is um, funny it wasn't that's, me. That's, that, <laughs> it's weird like it, it, we were talking Whoa. about culture and how like we don't know what and you know it's facts is facts we don't know what the culture of Caucasians look like mm. right we don't know what that looks <laughs> like. Like we, you can sit here and run down a lot of things about like uh, black people in the different forms of black people in the different mm-hmm. uh, like races of black people. We were such a Jamaican. We go, we go all but point them out. You know what I mean? Different stuff like that. What does a um a span uh Puerto Rican look like? You know what I'm saying? What what, yeah. what you know how to point them out? And I'm sitting here right now. You guys can't see it, but I have a different uh records in my background. Mm-hmm. I have different books from black um artists in my background i just was reading some things on dmx and uh because i actually have his autobiography um i have some different records some different record players and things like that because all of these things concluding here how me and jelly have our hair right now is is it's culturally culture. all <laughs> point right you know what i mean like it it's is a whole it is very so in, in tune yes it matters like having that conversation we like what does the culture of someone else, like if we're going somewhere what does that culture 
look like. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't put our finger on it. Like we couldn't quite understand. And, and when I think about, let's say for instance, this month and where I'm gonna have episodes specific to Juneteenth, but thinking about this month and Juneteenth coming up, you know, black culture and that conversation, you have to form back to also what's this month. This is black music month. Mm-hmm. Black music month, we're talking about black music. It is at the very foundation and the core of our culture of what probably kept us going in some of the hardest times of our mm-hmm. lives. So just thinking about that, um, what does black culture mean to you? Yeah, I think that I think about it in an American context because I've never known what it means to not be black and American. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't a lot of us don't have that luxury of knowing where we came from before our ancestors was ripped from the shores mm-hmm. of Africa and brought here. So I have I think about it in that way, um, but I think of it as our survival story. So literally everything about culture. And this is why it's so funny that you talk about like white people not having one, because a lot of times white people have not survived. Mm. Like even even when they were able to break away from the rule of Britain, they came over and they literally didn't know what to do. They had to have the indigenous people teach them what to do with the land. They couldn't figure that shit out. They had to have they had to go get people from Africa to tend to their land because either they were lazy or they were just like, we just don't know what to do. We don't Mm. want to do this. They didn't have that will. And I feel like culture and survival work in that way because it becomes normal. It's sad that it's like reactive, but it's like, I don't know if a lot of the culture that we have would exist if we didn't have those, if we didn't have to react to violence, if we didn't Mm. have to react to oppression. So even the way that, like you said, we have our hair, these are protective styles. Like Mm. we have to protect our hair because it's fragile. It's dry. Right. Mm. So, (laughs) um, so I, I I think about every food, soul food, we know that everything has historical context. But it bonds mm. us in a way that is like people out, people who, you know, making macaroni and cheese and yams, they doing that in Florida the same way they doing that up in Boston. Not the same mm. necessarily way, but mm-hmm. like black people, we can, we're connected yeah, no, no, in that way. Right. And cultural memory is really important as well. I, I don't think it's a coincidence mm. that when we be playing hand games as kids, like down on the farm, go hanky paint, I can meet somebody from LA and they know that exact same thing. How, how do that work? Because we're culturally yeah. connected and we have to be we because we had to survive. So you have to talk mm-hmm. to each other. You have to send messages in the only way that you know how without getting caught. Right. Mm. So that's culture to me is like this is what connects us as people. But it is it's connecting us because we had the will to survive. It's so funny. That's so deep. I had a conversation with the young man and he was he's from Chicago, but lives in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And I was asking him about the sneaker culture right now. Like what, mm-hmm. what that's like in Chicago. He was like, it's 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 hard out here, right? Because yeah. he it's hard out here. And I'm like, it's hard out here too. Mm-hmm. I'm A lot like, of people it's, feeling it's that. It's troublesome out here. Like, yo, I don't even want to do another uh raffle. Like winning ain't even in my, my like it's not happening, right? Yeah. But that's funny, right? Because you just talked about how it transcends mm-hmm. like over, you know, time zones, right? And then Talk about all the times I had a conversation with a young lady. She had liked like a post or something. She, I uh, slid in her DM. I know. I think she became my friend. I slid in her DM. I was like, thank you for, you know, come my friend on, on Instagram. <laughs> like just little, little junk, right? And yeah. then we started talking. I don't know how. 
and she was like, she says something and she lives in the UK. Mm-hmm. And I said, don't threaten me with a good time. She said, why well, I say that like every, every day, a black <laughs> UK person. I was like, how does that happen? Yeah. That's culture. Yes, I was like, it's, it's very culture. interesting how culture like shifts all the way over there because I, ironically you're like oh black folks from over there are like that mm-hmm. but the reality of it is at the very core of who you are it flows into your dna no matter where you are that's yeah. why if you go and you start to live in the uk from chicago you bring that whole vibe that whole yep. essence like you know what i mean and that's yep. that's that's what culture is and it's funny that you you even said that because i think about that all the time and after having that conversation with her i was like and we started mm-hmm. talking about like cookies and the cookie <laughs> was the same. Like, I was like, that's yeah. wow. Like, it's super, and it's not really a super common cookie. So it's like, oh, you could make mm-hmm. it into this, into that. No, it, it, it's really at the core. It's about culture. So I really, I, that makes total sense to me. Total sense to me. From yeah. generations to just like, you Black, you, you if you at the cultural um, foundation, you you hitting it like this. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, so I guess my question now is about how does Black music, fit into the culture or mm-hmm. the fact or not just the culture but the culture about you speak a little bit more about how it fit into your culture growing up and things like that yeah um in terms of growing up it's a connection point my mother and a few of my other family members were here my mom's sister and some of my cousins were here this past weekend and we made a big brunch on Saturday morning and I put on my uh Saturday cleaning playlist and based off of the music that I played they knew that that was that playlist it was like this must be your cleaning music I'm like it's crazy that you know that (laughs) this playlist is literally called for cleaning on Saturdays Mm. um but when my mother would listen to things it I don't know. I don't know if it was just because that music then was just very timeless. And I'm sure people could say the same about older hip hop songs or even stuff that's coming out now. It's just very timeless, but it's like a connection point. It's a story. It's a vibe. It moves you. And so for me, it's just about connecting. It, it's like, I don't know. It's kind of corny or like play maybe. <laughs> but when people say like when words fail, music speaks type of thing, mm. it's like that. Yeah. And I think that growing up, that was the way that people wait, was expressing I get what you're saying with that point. When words fail, music speaks. It's funny because, and hold your thought. I don't want you to forget it because I'll, okay. <laughs> I'll be there. I forgot my thought. It's like if a movie was played without the musical element, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be the same. Like I'm watching Sandra Nees on Rocky Grace Anatomy and I'm sitting here like, oh my God, the music coming on, stuff about to go down. Uh-huh. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're, yeah, it's you're a conveying cue. the message. It's a cue. You know what I'm saying? So I, I definitely get what you're saying because it it, it it does something greater to enhance what's going on yep. or to enhance the feeling versus if you weren't, if I didn't yeah, have Yeah, music is one. very emotional. Music, mm-hmm. somebody, uh, the Avenger or Marvel just put out a trailer for their phase four. And of course, the storyline of how it's going down is emotional because we're in a pandemic and they in that timeline just had this whole like Thanos and snapped and half the world disappeared. So it feels like it's really perfect timing to tap into people's Mm. emotions because it's like we dealing with some shit in our world and y'all dealing with some shit in your world. And somehow this music and these cues are tying those emotions together to make us more invested in like this story. Like it was crazy. Somebody tweeted like, damn, them niggas really know what they doing over there. <laughs> they doing their job. <laughs> I said, no, they really are doing their damn job. Like it's so, it's so crazy. But I think that, and I'm going to go back to black America 
because I, 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 I don't know. I'm really fascinated with just how we got here. And I've always been a scholar of like enslavement in terms of like chattel slavery and things like that, because that survival story is just so deep to me. And when I think about my capability and the fact that like my ancestors found their way to freedom based off the stars, it's just like, Mm. that's remarkable to me. And it inspires me to just like go that much harder. But when I think about music and survival, like messages were in Negro spirituals Mm. at that time, you know? And so, and when we talking about culture and we're talking about call and response, or we're talking about, um, sending a message through uh, in a musical way, innuendos or metaphors or things that are something else to somebody on the surface. But if you know what's going on, if you know, you know, type of thing, you know, you know, that is black music. And so Mm. I think that it fits into the culture because it's helped us to survive. Mm. That that, that makes sense. And even sense because in it, I I was just going to say, and even today, it's a, like I said, it's a connection point It's you know, it's the way that people are getting out their story. And we all right. know if you don't tell your story, somebody else will. Right. And probably paint mm-hmm. you as the, the, the victim or the, uh, the villain, right. but mm-hmm. it's storytelling. And it's always been, it's always been a release. Like even if you think about blues music, right. Mm-hmm. Them niggas was sad. <laughs> <laughs> they, was, they was going through but they put that yeah. sadness into some really good music if you think about trap rap right now mm. them niggas is going through and mm-hmm. i mean i grew up in the hood so it's some certain things that i've seen and i'm like damn like yeah, you you know glad to make it out of there but a lot of people not making it out and their music is their way out right so right. i think that that's that's how it fits into culture it's just it's it all goes back to survival and it all goes back to preserving like the essence of blackness i guess i don't know it's a and that's that's funny because I, I think it was cd jakes that said you don't know how to appreciate something unless how do you word this i don't want to butcher it but at the essence is that if you didn't have to work for it or something of that nature, right? Yeah. And the comparison, the compare contrast is the idea that you were saying that, you know, a Caucasian culture is is just a copy, right, of most of our um our natural being of who we are and the thing that we had to do to survive, right? Let's go for instance, you go on an island, right? Mm-hmm. Jamaica, St. Martin, whatever. Is somebody on here? asking the Caucasian woman, right? The white chick, like, hey, let me braid your hair mm-hmm. for $40, right? Some random price. And she witty because she want to be like us, right? But the reality of, if we put that into perspective, like, it's a protective style. Like, mm-hmm. that's a whole word right there. Like, that's mm-hmm. a whole bar. It's a protective style. Going back to the meat, I remember one of one Thanksgiving, I think I read it from the... Um, the Smithsonian um, Museum in DC, mm-hmm. they were talking about how greens and putting meat in your greens came about. Mm-hmm. And they had that big old pen and they had like the wording and like describing it. What happened was we were giving, they the, the white folks was eating the, the ham, mm-hmm. right? They were eating the ham and we were giving like the scraps off of the ham. Yep. And we cooked the greens from it. Yeah. 
And like, when you think about that, that's survival again, right? Like, yeah. it's like, I feel like you go write a whole book on this thing. Like, just, and people just thinking have. about protection, like, that's amazing. Yeah, that's, it's about protection and survival. It all goes back to that. And it kind of makes me sad because it's like, why did, I guess it just makes me sad that it had to come about that way. Mm-hmm. But the other piece is, I don't think that I would really have it any other way because Mm. it's so enriching. It's not just frivolous or just to do some shit. Like I'm watching Bridgerton and um, I'm looking at like they bedding and they table, like how they set their tables. And I'm like, what's to y'all? Like, why did y'all do all this shit? (laughs) (laughs) This looks stupid. And of course we look like they got these big ass dresses on. They out at the, they out at a party in full suits. And I'm like, y'all look dumb as hell. It's hot out there. It's grass, kids getting their shit dirty. Like, y'all look goofy. Like, what's the point of all that? And not to discredit, Mm -hmm. I'm sure there is a reason because, again, everything has Mm -hmm. historical context. But to know that the reason why we do shit is so enriched and, like, survival and protection Mm -hmm. of, like, this is ours. It just make you feel more empowered to be Black. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because if, if at the core, right, like, an heiress versus an entrepreneur mm-hmm. those two like you can't relate like don't 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 trump the situation like my father only gave me a only gave me a couple million dollars like so yeah. what like how how do you compare yourself to somebody who got it from the mud you know what i'm saying, what I'm saying? like yeah you, you can't really put yourself in the same category so I, I definitely get that it does make the story you know the not the story like the the history the the foundation the at the core much richer like you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying like that thing ain't watered down at all you know what i mean yeah so i did want to play a little game with you i got a couple of bars here that i feel like they hard bars whether they rap or not like just some lyrics you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and um and i'm not no huge like none of these are my favorites except for sam sam cooks like my guy mm-hmm. um and i'm gonna start i'm gonna start older young right okay yeah so i'm gonna start with sam and if you got a couple of lines that you like, yo, that was that was a bar. Because we could go, we could have had a whole episode about J. Cole New Album. That's 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 just <laughs> yeah. Ooh, he came out the gate with that one. He, he did. He came with that freestyle. He already hit it. I was like, I know he on. Mm-hmm. I already know it. I already know he on. But um, you know, we can't play, you know, extra music on the podcast. So y'all go listen to the songs. So the lyrics to this particular one is my one of my all-time favorite songs is Sam Cook, Change Gonna Come. And I think that even before we get to the lyrics, like one of the, my way, one of the reasons I related to this, cause it's like, it's the struggle, like that vulnerability to relate to your struggle of what, 80 years ago, you know what I'm saying? To my yeah. struggle of now, like that matters to me, like that connection. And like, it's funny, it's funny and it's not funny. It's funny and it's sad that, you know, how closely we relate to pain. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's, that's how- like, um, And across time. And across yeah. time periods too, because it's like, exactly. why are we feeling the same shit y'all was feeling 80 years ago? Right. Don't and nobody DMX think that's a problem. <laughs> DMX said the same thing in his book. Mm-hmm. He said it's crazy because it, was it DMX? I think it was DMX. No, I'm lying. It, it was somebody else. It was a, it's a wellness group that I'm close to. And he said that um he used to do stuff like I want to say like bungee jumping. Mm-hmm. Um, near death things like adventurous okay. stuff but he was he used to live in another country as a child and mm-hmm. it was war times and so he got so closely connected to that that he used to 
pretty much only do what was close to, to that. keep that through and that's yeah. crazy like and you when you think about that you think about how that closely relates to and it transcends over time and until we're able to cope and that's what they like even yeah. you talking about therapy I just started therapy as well like just having that understanding about what it looks like to to relate but then break cycles yeah but I was gonna, I was gonna say too even that's a very extreme example but we do that all the time when you're mm. used to when you're used to being in bad situations, you sabotage shit that's going good because mm. you're used to your brain is not used to understanding what that looks like. So we as humans do that shit all the time. And I actually I'm going to start thinking about it as like I'm out here bungee jumping because I've been at war. Mm. That's what it wow. feels like. And and like yeah. you said, like that breaking that cycle, that's the critical piece of getting over that. But shit, where the handbook on that? we're gonna write it we gotta write it but um yeah sam cook change gonna come it's it's been a hard it's been too hard living but i'm afraid to die because i don't know what's up there beyond the sky it's been a long time a long time coming but i know a change is going to come oh yes it will and Mm -hmm. i think what what about that particular lyric in that song in general and i know what it was uh, last night in miami heat he m- murdered that role. Like when he sung it, he embodied it in mm-hmm. so many ways. What about that kind of um, transcends into black culture for you? Um, I think that the hope at the end of that message in terms of it's been a long time mm-hmm. coming, but I know change gonna come. We didn't have, we still don't have no choice but to really believe that because Mm. we living in a very oppressive system Mm. we living Mm. in racism capitalism sexism um and shit is bleak like life be life in and i think that the thing that we and our ancestors who did survive have in common is that we we had a will or hope or belief that things weren't always going to be this way and that's scripture right like mm-hmm. trouble don't last always right. um and it do wax it do wax and wane but i think that for black people we've been given the short end of the stick in every single way and somehow we still here and that to me is just like whoa <laughs> like right. at some point i guess at some point whether you believe it in your mind or not your actions the way that you move confirms what sam is saying and that it's like it's been a long time, but we know it ain't going to be this way forever. Oh, you summed that up real well. You did that. Mm-hmm. You did that. <laughs> and you. it's funny because like, I ain't, I'm not even going to hit that. Like that's, that's, that's real good right there. <laughs> what I'm going to do is <laughs> I'm going to bounce. What we're going to do is we're going to go to a lyric and we're going to bounce to a more, you know, a, a question and okay. then bounce back to a lyric. That way we could kind of um keep that balance going, keep that okay. balance going. So what does music do for you personally? Like on a personal level, I know you're talking about your oh. your, your uh, cleanup playlist and that's real. That's culture right there. It like, is. And most people got they, they shy lights and temptations in the rotation through their mama, you mm-hmm. know, and her playlist at, or what she rocked out. To. But then so she be acting like, she, she acting like she don't know how I got to where I am. And then she act like, Talking about what you, you know about that play girl. Like, like she wrote it too. Like right, <laughs> you write that. Don't own this song. <laughs> you can't listen to Luther. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what does music do for me personally? Music ties me back 
to memory. Mm. Um, I was doing my head the other day and a song came on my iTunes and I have not heard this song in easily 10 years, if not more. I'm sure it's been more hell. I damn near started college almost 10 years ago. So I'm sure <laughs> it was probably closer to 15. Um, and I knew all the words. And I was just like, it's so crazy how your brain works when you know, you know. And it's not, it was, um, it's a Kelly Price song, but it was just like, music does that for me like mm-hmm. when you I don't I think about it as learning like when you know when you're trying to learn in school like a math or you know some type uh-huh. of science formula people literally come up with songs to help children learn and that's because music is that powerful to where it can tie you back to that muscle right. memory you know mm-hmm. so music ties me back to memory and it keeps me um I get it doesn't keep me there but it just reminds me of the times that you know that I had it could remind mm. me of a person it could remind me of a relationship uh sometimes I don't want you know that part of it but <laughs> shit, it is what it is right? right 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 music music also inspires me like I have been in a rut as a writer I have not written in probably like this February March April May about three months and mm. I'm trying to work on a mixtape so that's pretty significant to not be out here doing what I need to do to get that but I went to a uh I went to an underground, uh, like open mic scene the other day, Sunday, and they was just performing their original music. And I was like, damn, I'm so inspired to write now, like hearing what they got to say and how they putting it over these beats and how they engineer producing and all of that is really inspiring for me to do what I got to do. So music does that for me. And music holds me music. Mm. Like it's something about the way that people can hear a beat or a melody or a baseline and ride it. It's very comforting. It's like a very warm hug. It's like a ain't can't nothing get you here. You mm. know what I mean? Like safe. it's like it's like a it is. It's safe. very safe. It's very mm. safe. Um and, and and I said it before too, it provides the words that you don't always have. So mm-hmm. I like that. I like yeah. the way you um that that safety and the just the idea that, but do you think, I guess the question is, do you think that? all music has that potential as opposed to black music yeah I think all music does have that potential oh I do I don't I think that you people we as people and individuals we like what we like and so everything not gonna hit like people talking about the J. Cole album I know a lot of people that like don't fuck with J. Cole at all so it's not gonna hold them the same way it might hold a fan that's been there since the beginning um but that's fine that's that's why it's so much out there there is something for everybody and I think that because it's something for everybody that's why it can do that it has the potential to do that Mm. so before we get into like what's rocking in your playlist right now Mm -hmm. what non-traditional and I say non-traditional in the sense that you got because it's black music right Mm -hmm. you're supposed to be the one listening to it right like that's Mm -hmm. the stereotype that's the idea what non-traditional music are you currently listening to or or amongst your favorites (laughs) I always go back and this is about memory too right um so I I'm a Chicagoan that is true I was raised there but I was not born there I was born in Nashville and mm-hmm. um and I lived there till I was seven so I always say really I'm born in born in Nashville raised in Chicago but the memory and the thing that does tie me back to that place to Nashville is music which is mm-hmm. super mm-hmm. critical like is relevant because of the music scene in Nashville, but it's white music. 
So that being said, um, I was, you know, growing up, I was around all white people aside from my parents, really. And my Mm -hmm. dad was a pastor. So our church family was black. But my babysitter was white. My sister's godparents was white. Everybody in my school was white. Teachers was white. Everybody was white. So I was immersed in that culture and I was uh, pretty sheltered. So I'm a Disney kid, PBS kid. And right. what they got on it, white, you know, everything's white. <laughs> so, but through that, I, <laughs> I found some music and I, I tapped into some music that I still rock to this day. So like when people and my peers in Chicago was probably getting into DMX and Tupac mm-hmm. and Destiny's Child, I was listening to Britney Spears. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was listening to... Avril Lavigne, Jesse McCartney, uh-huh. like that's the music. So I have a Caucasian Bob's playlist because <laughs> there was, ah, was a Bob's. <laughs> there was a there was a tweet. My best friend Rob made a tweet one time, and and uh, he's verified. So a lot of people this caught a lot of traction. And he said, what's some white people music that slaps? <laughs> and everybody just started commenting, and it was such a beautiful moment for me because for so long I got teased for liking Paramore, uh-huh. or I was like weird for fucking with Maroon 5 and Coldplay but I'm like are y'all listening to this this is some really good music like Hillary Duff <laughs> knew what she was doing when she got in the studio <laughs> and even if it wasn't like award worthy or anything like that is again it ties me back to a place right mm-hmm. so or it ties me back to a physical place or a mental place an mm-hmm. emotional place so yeah I have a Caucasian box playlist that's made up of a lot of the songs that people were contributing um on that thread and it was like I said it was a beautiful moment because it was like damn I'm not alone like it's other black people that rock with Paramore that's dope you know like mm-hmm. so yep that's, that's that type of music people probably look at me and be like you be listening to what and I'll be like I know all the words baby <laughs> I know all the words <laughs> all the words all the words it's funny you talked about Nashville because um I feel like I feel, I feel like I haven't explored him a lot but because I'm trapped in his one song, like this one song from um, I think it's Keith. I know it's I don't I know it's not Keith Urban. It's um it's Tennessee Whiskey. That song hits so hard for me. Like first of all, like I'm not not trying to act like no alcoholic or nothing, but like that joint hits. Like he he really be doing his thing. I guess of course, <laughs> yeah. some of my non traditionals, he's definitely at the top. Mm-hmm. I like um Ed Sheeran singing over a particular line in sons of anarchy which is a white show i guess if you could mm-hmm. say and he was singing it's called rain it's a very dark and painful song but he sings the hell like he gets to it you hear me like mm-hmm. he gets to it and then oceans but it's a christian song okay who is it by what is his name it's called Oceans, though. I, I I get it by the time we're done, but it's a mm-hmm. it's a Christian song talking about faith. It says, "Take, take me where my faith fails," or something of that nature. I haven't like you can tell I haven't listened to it in a while, mm-hmm. but that joint hits too, and it hits like it hits like the Pentecostal joints, like the like you know what I'm saying, like mm-hmm. it hits like the de- denomination. Like yeah. I, I don't think that denomination should you know keep us these boxed in or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. But yeah, definitely those are my probably at the top of my non-traditional list so what's in your speakers right now what what you what you listening to oh man I think this is I hard this that's was the hardest part of this interesting <laughs> this is the hardest part of this conversation because literally I do my you know like how Spotify has unwrapped or Apple Music will tell you what you listen to my shit be like you listen to 700 new artists this year and I'm like <laughs> bro <laughs> 
Bruh. No, I don't think I gotta be like, whoa, I it's, I mean, because I literally just will put something on and just let it play. And whatever the playlist is. Oh, so you don't really just, seriously rotate on nothing? I do, I do, but mm. I do I it's like half and half. Like sometimes I get mm. like if I'm on a road trip, nine times out of ten, I need something that I know because I need it to focus yeah. to get to where I'm going. And I love road tripping. So that's my time to that's my time to blast that Caucasian Bob's playlist for sure. <laughs> Especially if I'm by myself. Hell yeah. But yeah, like um, don't judge me. <laughs> right. But sometimes if I'm just around the house doing stuff, I'd be like, hmm, I'll type in like one song by Ari Lennox and then just let it put it on infinity mode and let it do what mm. it do. And then I discover somebody new. So this is difficult. Mm. This whole section that we finna talk about is very difficult. But right now <laughs> I went and looked, I did my my due diligence. Uh Anderson Pack. Mm. I don't know what it is about that man, but <laughs> he don't make bad music. Like I say, him and Alex Isley because they're both on this list. They don't that's make bad I wanna, music. I want to get into him a little bit after. After jazz, I, I think you that's you need just I, my and I'm not gonna lie. My introduction to Anderson, it might have been on Mac Miller's album, uh, The Divine Feminine. He has a song with mm-hmm. him, but also Ventura, Ventura, his album that came out in 2019, flawless album, front to back. Like there's not one song on there that I would not listen to independently. So mm-hmm. I play that a lot when I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get in the shower. What I want to hear right now, I can never go wrong with throwing that album on. Uh, Dram just released the album, Big Baby Dram. <laughs> and it's really, really good too. It gives me a lot of the same vibes that I have when I listen to the Anderson Pack album for the first time. I wasn't, I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting that. And I'm pleasantly surprised. He got Erica <laughs> on there. He got uh her on there. So it's a good, it's a good little vibe. Uh, my mm-hmm. clean, cleaning playlist is on here because I just, you know, Saturday <laughs> just passed and my house needed some work. So I was getting it in. And what's on that playlist is like the whispers, the stylistics, yeah, um, yeah. some Luther, Gotta like faster R&B, some new Jack Swing type of stuff. Um, but I was at a day party on Sunday and the DJ, the last song the DJ played, she's from Chicago. She plays Stay by The Temptations. And when I tell you, I have not, that's another one of them moments where I was like, cause it starts out doom, 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 doom. So I'm thinking <laughs> it's going to be my girl. And mm-hmm. then it flips. And I was like, oh shit. I have not heard this song in so long. When I tell you, I was probably like 12 singing this song, but it's just such a, it's just such a, like, you see me over here swaying. Like it's one of them. So I've been listening to that song every day since like, I forgot about it and I'm mm-hmm. glad she helped me rediscover it. And then Alex Isley is another person that don't have a bad song. It's actually Ronald Isley's niece, I believe. That's who she is. Oh, and she's very talented. I did want to know about her. I'm like, yo, who's that? Man, when I, it's just like, I don't know. She's kind of like, I can't really compare her to nobody. She's definitely in more of like the vibey R&B girls, like Summer Walker Mm -hmm. and um, maybe Alina Baraz and Janae Aiko, like people who are a little more light, but she, her music is just it just takes me to a different place like I do yoga to her shit you know what I mean mm. so and she don't have one bad song like you could throw on her essentials playlist and you're gonna like every single song guaranteed and she does a lot with Masego oh. and Masego is bringing instrumentation back into the limelight so I'm and that's why I fuck with Anderson Pack too because of the instrumentation <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's what right. I'm that's what I'm going back to right now but literally mm. I put a shuffle on and it's gonna be some Drake it's gonna be some Beyonce it's gonna be some <laughs> Some from my Caucasian playlist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny. I didn't even put this together. I, I'm gonna try to go off the top of my head. What's in here? Like, just I'm, I'm definitely listening to this whole album. Like, that's in here right mm-hmm. now. I'm just hitting that. 
I like me some hard, like if I want to go hard in the paint, I'm going T Grizzly and Meek Mill. Definitely doing that. T Grizzly like early. This late one was okay. like, ah, yeah. Um, but when it goes to like that rotation, that that cooking or cleaning, uh, I'm definitely with my old school, like my Luther, Luther hits, he's one of the people it's like, yo, I really wish I could have could have seen him in concert. Like, yeah. Oh. Whitney's yeah. my all-time favorite. No, hands down, she's my all-time favorite. Um, I could hit some Anita Baker. I definitely mm-hmm. could some Marvin. Um, and like currently, like my current type type vibe, I want to say I gotta like if I'm trying to like feel it, like oh, like I'm trying to feel myself a little bit. I'm definitely Kaylani, like you know. Oh yeah, like, for so, sure. Like them two, like be having you, like uh uh-uh, uh. Nah, I'm in my I'm in my zone. Like I'm vibing. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, they definitely a whole a whole vibe. Um, I think that's the most for like in terms of like rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like rotation, like that Earth Wind and Fire, definitely. If you want to, oh like, get that feel good music, feel like I'm, I'm always going snatching for some feel good music. Like, yeah, like, now that's who I want. I would love to see Earth Wind and Fire in concert. That 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 is because for me, I feel like it's gonna be like it's gonna be like y'all. This a moment you've been waiting for. Like that's mm-hmm. that's that's what type of vibe they give to me, and it's just like, yeah. like I I, I I I'm mad. I miss Luther, Phyllis Hyman, and Teddy Pendergrass. Mm-hmm. Those are people. It's like ah, and Whitney, definitely Whitney. I met her, but I never heard her. Oh, so, what? Like yeah, that story is epic. Like people don't believe me. I you know I had to that tell it to my so father, good. who's an epic epic liar like so he's 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 like historic with his lies like he'll tell you something like he taught michael jordan how to shoot like what just lying unprovoked with me i i met her at a, um it was a conference in nashville that's this is funny this is so funny cc mm-hmm. winings used to have a, a christian conference for Chris, for girls and you know Whitney and her, they was friends. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, Whitney wasn't singing at the time; it was like an off years or whatever. But the lady who was um about to get up and speak because it's an all girls conference, she about to get up and speak. She started talking. She was like, "Yeah, you know, I, I think I'm gonna drop an album or something like that." But Whitney mm-hmm. said, "I can't sing." Now you don't know. None of us know Whitney. It's a stadium. Like none of us know Whitney is there. So when you say Whitney, it's like. Oh, I guess your friend and your producer or something mm-hmm. named Whitney, something like that. But then the screen, you know, they had them back when they had them screens on. The screen is literally like flashed, and Whitney Houston is across the screen. Mm-hmm. So I'm I put two and three together. I'm like, Whitney is there. That's Whitney Houston. She's um in the space. I'm not missing this opportunity. Child, I ran up there. I was the first person and I gave her a hug, but after that sis booked okay sis booked after that nobody else got to give her a hug so that was a whole, that was a whole vibe i was i was 19 and i was so super damn that's dope i was so and then you you raise her phones like flip my little razor joint out try to get a picture bodyguard hit me with the nah sis like that ain't gonna happen so i was like you know you know you gotta do your job not but the razors yeah, the razor that's like oh, a time. Man. what a time. time the razors and the what sidekicks what 